Hello and welcome to Expound. I'm Josh Davis, the pastor at Winfield Community Church. This is a podcast where we just spend extra time in the same text that we're walking through on Sunday mornings this past week. We were in Daniel chapter 3, and Randy and I had some great conversation about a couple of different things that come up in Daniel chapter 3. This morning what I want to talk about is the end of Daniel chapter 3. After the fiery furnace, Nebuchadnezzar's response uh, to God and how he responds in that moment. I'm going to read out of Daniel chapter 3, verse 28. Nebuchadnezzar Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him, and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruins, for there is no other god who is able to rescue in this way. So something that I have always wondered about this specific passage uh, with Nebuchadnezzar putting these guys in the fiery furnace and then God rescuing them, and then it seems like Nebuchadnezzar has this moment where he understands who God is. He has an understanding that God is almighty and powerful. And then when we flip into chapter 4, which we're going to get into on Sunday, uh, we have this weird thing that happens where Nebuchadnezzar uh, ends up prideful again. God uh, sends him into the wilderness as a beast of the field, and uh, we have this crazy, crazy thing happening. And I always wondered uh, why Nebuchadnezzar uh, didn't just follow God. And the more and more I, I read this specific passage, the more and more I realized that um, he understands only a portion of the truth. So right there in those verses, he says that no other God is able to rescue in this way. The idea being that he still doesn't understand that the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, our God, is the one true God. He's still failing to understand that because he says, well, there's no other God that's able to rescue in this way, therefore implying that there still are other gods. So while Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God may be the most powerful, he's not the only God. And the key principle that I see here, the key thing for us to take away from this is the idea that Admission is not submission. Admitting that God exists, admitting that God is powerful, admitting that God is uh, all he claims to be is not the same thing as submitting to God and submitting to his plan, submitting to his purpose, and submitting to him in our lives and in our walks. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I think in our world today, and uh, I would argue that there is a massive uh, spirit of Babylon in our world, and it is overtaking our uh, society, and that our society is run by the same spirit that was running 
uh, Babylon 1,500 years ago, or 2,500 years ago, excuse me. So the spirit there is that idea that you can have any god you want. So you can have multiple gods, you can have the God that you want to follow and the God that I want to follow, and, and, and we can all live together in happy harmony. And sure, some gods might be more popular or more impressive than others, but that doesn't uh, imply or doesn't negate the fact that these other gods exist. Well, the reality of it is just being able to admit that God exists, being able to admit that he is powerful, admit uh, these things, is not in and of itself enough. There is an individual, there are, there are many individuals, but there is a specific individual that I have in mind who will admit to you, without doubt, he knows that God exists, but he's never going to enter into heaven. His name is Satan, and he has no doubt in his mind that God exists, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose again the third day. Uh, there's no question for him about that, but he's not able or willing or uh, can't submit to God. And so if belief in God, if admission to the existence of God, if, if belief in him is all it takes, then uh, anybody who's anything could, could get in. But unfortunately, when we read in Romans uh, about the idea of salvation, it doesn't say just to simply believe. It says uh, to believe, and uh, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. Uh, it's a, a two-step process. We have to both believe, but we also have to submit. We have to confess that we know in and of ourselves we're not good enough, that we can't do it on our own, that we're not capable of getting into heaven, that we're not capable of restoration of the relationship to the Father without uh, the blood of Jesus Christ, we have to submit to him and do it in his way. Now, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of different uh, religions, or even I would say sects of Christianity, where they admit that God exists. They admit that God is God. However, they choose not to submit to his will, submit to his plan, and submit to the way he's called us to do things. Now, my question, my, the thing that I want to kick around a little bit is this idea that what does that mean? How, do, how does that matter practically for us? Well, I would say that if we're not willing to submit to the perfect plan of God, if we're not submitting to his will, if we're not submitting to him and letting him lead as we follow, then we're not really worshiping him. We're not really uh, understanding him the way a Christian is called to, because what we're called to do is to admit he is God, submit to his will, submit to his plan, and let him lead as we follow. And if we're not doing that, then we honestly don't believe that he's the one true God. Because if we were to believe that he was the one true God, we wouldn't have any other alternative. There'd be no opportunity to serve other gods. Now, many of you listening probably think to yourself, well, I don't serve other gods. It's the only God I serve. Well, in the world and the culture that we live in today, sure, maybe we don't have uh, Greek mythology or ancient Babylonian gods that we are called to serve and follow after. We don't have a sun god or what have you. 
Some people may, but uh, for the most part, we don't. Uh, But that being said, we spend our time worshiping something or someone other than God an awful lot, and we just don't like to talk about it. And oftentimes that something or someone is the idea of self-involvement. We we worship ourselves or what makes us happy uh, way, way more than we worship God. We worship our personal comfort. We worship our jobs. We worship our families. We spend so much time consumed with self, and I believe that self is just as much, if not more, of an idol as uh, any golden image that one could create or any false um, mythical god that one could come up with. I believe that self is a more powerful uh, source of distraction and a, a more powerful thing that we are worshiping over God because it's easy. It's easy to worship self. It's easy to go out of our way to make ourselves comfortable, to go out of our way to make ourselves uh, enjoy something, to be pleased in something in our lives. Uh, And it's hard. It's hard to go out of our way uh, to please God. It's hard to go out of our way to worship God. And so we find ourselves oftentimes admitting that God exists, admitting that God is who he claims to be, but not submitting to his will, not submitting to his calling, not submitting to his plan, and we are caught in this same position that Nebuchadnezzar finds himself in, where he has seen now the hand of God in his life on more than one occasion in a powerful way. He's about to see it again, and even after he sees it the third time, he still chooses not to submit to God. He still chooses self over God. And I believe that that was and is uh, the, the problem that humanity is dealing with and has been dealing with since the beginning of time. We want our way more than we want God's way. And so I would just challenge you this morning. I would just uh, encourage you to consider these things. Have you just admitted that God is who he said he is, or have you taken the time on a regular basis to stop and submit to him? Are you, are you actively walking in the path that he's called you to walk in? Are those things you even consider? Are, do you even really think about that, or do we just wake up and go through our day habitually the way that we've always done it? Or do we take moments throughout our lives and consider, is this what God would have me to do? Because if we are truly submitting to the will and the plan of God, then it's going to infect every portion of our life. It's going to infect our churches. It's going to affect our uh, families. It's going to infect our uh, work relationships. It is going to get everywhere and all through every little thing that we do. But it takes effort. It takes uh, a conscious understanding and thought to say, No, I'm going to submit to the will of God today. I'm going to submit to the plan of God. I'm going to do what he's calling me to do in this moment, at this time, or in this season of life. So I would encourage you in that. I would uh, ask that you pay a little more attention to that and and try to be a a little more keen on the idea, well, maybe maybe I'm just doing it my way for now. Um, 
I'm guilty of it. I think everybody's guilty of just waking up and going about their day. I don't think anybody is always asking themselves, is this what God would have me to do? And I don't want to condemn anybody for that. I just want to encourage you and say, hey, let's be aware of that and realize that God has a plan. Are we submitting to it? That's all I've got for today. I hope uh, this has helped. I hope this is uh, a useful tool for you. Uh, Spend some time with the Lord today. Pray with Him uh, and spend some time in His Word, and we'll see you on Sunday. Thanks.